oblivious. He's so sweet and gentle. But I managed it. God, I was invincible when I was 18. When it came down to it, I got pretty much whatever I went after. Want, take, have. That was my simple motto. And I was right. To take him, I mean. From the beginning, we were interlocking puzzle pieces. From the beginning, we nestled into the notion that our two lives were to be irrevocably woven into one. I now slice off eight pretty burgundy flaps of liver. The cut organ releases a metallic tang into the air, and yet more blood onto the table. Changing knives now, I delicately excise the tight, pale ducts that weave through the slices. Perfectly cooked liver should be crisp on the outside, with a custardy smooth center. Nothing tough or chewy should get in the way of that sensual quintessence. Six of these slices are for the gleaming glass and steel case at the front of the shop. The last two I set aside to wrap up and take home after work for a Valentine's Day dinner tomorrow. Once, I thought the holiday merited boxes of chocolate and glittery cards. But in these last couple of eye-opening years, amid the butchery and wrenches of the heart, I've realized life has gotten too complicated for such sweet and meaningless nothings. I've even learned I'm okay with that. Valentine's Day liver for two. One half cup flour, Two one-half-inch thick slices high-quality beef liver, trimmed of any tough veins or filament. Salt and pepper to taste. Two tablespoons butter. One tablespoon extra virgin olive oil. Spread flour on a large plate. Season the liver slices with salt and pepper, then dredge in the flour, shaking off excess. Set a skillet over high heat and add butter and oil. When the butter foam has just subsided, add the liver slices. Sauté just until a crispy, golden-brown crust develops, about two minutes. Flip the slices and do the same on the other side. Don't worry about undercooking. Overcooking is by far the worst fate for liver. Beef liver cooked like this, I keep telling people in the face of near-universal scoffs of disbelief, is one of the most, well, passionate things you'll ever eat. I don't know exactly why this is. It's as sexy as hell, but difficult, too. Somehow faintly forlorn, like there's no denying that something was torn from something for your pleasure. Eric and I married young, but that doesn't mean our union was precipitous. We'd already known each other for seven years by the time I donned that white organza princess gown and walked along that stone path on my father's arm to the bubbly notes of, my baby just cares for me. We could look right down to the bottom of each other and see what was swimming there, like fish flashing in clear mountain lakes. At our center wasn't sexuality or ambition, though we shared both. No, deep understanding. That's what we had. The nagging voice I've all my life heard in my head, the one people might call addiction or restlessness or waywardness, but which is to me almost an embodiment, something outside of myself, impish, far from benign, but also inspiring and not entirely unconcerned with my self-interest. Eric believed in it. He feared it sometimes, but he believed in it. In 2002, when I turned 29, and we were living in Brooklyn, and I was stuck in yet another in a long line of ill-paid, dead-end jobs, loving my husband, clinging to him, in fact, as the sole solace in a world that I figured, by and large, didn't have much use for me, but unhappy and beginning to feel I just didn't, in fact, have much of a talent for happiness, Eric understood that when the voice spoke to me, I had to listen. What if I cooked my way through mastering the art of French cooking? Like, in a year. What if you did? That's 
What? 500 recipes? More than that. That's crazy, right? Right? Sure it is. You could blog about it. I think you should. He didn't even look confused. Eric could always divine for me just who I was and just what I could do. So, I did this crazy cooking thing and did it saucily, with style and courage. And I was rewarded. Suddenly, I was successful. A book deal. A career. Using the very stuff of my despair and frustration, I'd turn my life around, transform myself from a depressed secretary into an author. I was, I thought, just what I wanted to be. Confident, brave, and well-paid. I was congratulated on my transformation, and because I was now a confident woman, I accepted the congratulations. But privately, I knew that I owed it entirely to Eric. He'd seen me as better than I was and had shown me the way to get there.